Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. All right, y'all. Last week of lessons from the kids' table. Uh, if you've been here the last few weeks, uh, we've been doing this series. We've been relearning some of the things uh, that we were taught as kids. And so the first week of this series, uh, we talked about getting along. And the second week of this series, we talked about sharing. And, and this week, uh, we've already kind of let uh, the cat out of the bag, I guess. We're talking about gratitude. We're singing a lot about gratitude as well, uh, appropriately. Uh, well, each week so far, I've, I've also uh, shown you all a cute video of kids. The first week, it was two kids arguing over whether it was sprinkling or raining. Last week, it was a, a little baby that wouldn't share his popsicle. And I figured since I'd shown you a cute video every week of this series so far, I couldn't not do it this week. And so in this clip that you're about to watch, you're going to see some parents who were trying to uh, prank their young son. They were trying to give him sort of a lame birthday gift because they wanted to see how he would react. Uh, and they did, he did not react the way they expected. Let's watch. That, those are the people we're called to be, uh, grateful people, thankful people. Even if all we get for our birthday is a banana, we're still called to have that kind of heart. We still are called to give thanks. And I would imagine that, that most of us know this. Uh, this is not groundbreaking information for you, most likely. And I wonder if that's a part of our struggle with gratitude. Um, I grew up every single year, hearing a sermon about being thankful the, the weekend before Thanksgiving. And oftentimes, more times than not, it was titled, An Attitude of Gratitude. I'm assuming some of you have heard that sermon. Uh, and I wonder if we've heard that sermon so much, we've heard that idea so much, I, I wonder if the attitude of gratitude has become a platitude. And I'm sorry for the rhyme, but I just, I had to do it. Um, I really do wonder that, though. I wonder if this message uh, means much to us. Do we actually hear it? Is it just words? Do we tune out? Is this one of those sermons that kind of goes in one ear and out the other? I mean, we know that we're supposed to be grateful. We know that it's important and powerful. And so the question isn't, do we know that gratitude's important? The question is, are we actually doing it? Are we actually practicing gratitude? Do we genuinely make this a part of our day-to-day -day lives? Or do we just hear this message once a year around this time and shrug and keep going? Because if we do, if, if gratitude really has been reduced to a platitude or if it really isn't something that we practice regularly, that's a shame. 
And so tonight, uh, it's going to be pretty simple. I want to try and sell you on why gratitude should be, why gratitude must be a part of your life, a part of your every single day, and how if we let it, it can genuinely transform your life. We're going to start, as we always do, by looking to Scripture. So if you've got your Bibles, you can pull those out and flip to the middle. We're going to be reading uh, a portion of a psalm tonight. Uh, this psalm was most li- likely written by King David. Uh, it's one you may be familiar with. It's one that we've already sang tonight. Uh, so this is Psalm 118, verses 19 through 24. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter, th- that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and become my salvation. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Okay, this is a pretty famous scripture, pretty well-known scripture. And David's premise is pretty straightforward. He says, God has given us today. So we better be grateful for it. Again, it's a simple idea, and it's probably one that you have heard countless times. But I would encourage you, please don't tune out. Because again, gratitude can genuinely transform your life. So that's what I want to try and sell us on tonight. How practicing gratitude can be one of the most powerful things that any of us can do. And I want to talk about some of the things that it produces in us. And first, it can make you happier. There is a growing body of research that has tied gratitude with significant improvements in happiness and positivity. Uh, This week, as I was doing my research, I found dozens of studies about this. Many from prestigious universities like Harvard and and giant publications, well-respected publications. Um, And I'm going to share this one with you. There was an article that I read this week from the Wall Street Journal. And it kind of compiled and summarized much of the research on gratitude. And this is what it said. It said, adults who frequently feel grateful have more energy, more optimism, more social connections, and more happiness than those who do not, according to studies conducted over the past decade. They're also less likely to be depressed, envious, greedy, or struggle with alcoholism. They earn more money, sleep more soundly, exercise more regularly. Now researchers are finding that that, that gratitude brings similar benefits to children and adolescents. Studies show that kids who feel and act grateful tend to be less materialistic, get better grades, set higher goals, and feel more satisfied with their friends, families, and schools than those who don't. And then this is how this this Wall Street Journal article ended. Uh, It says, a lot of these findings are things we learned in kindergarten, or our grandmothers told us. But now we have scientific evidence to prove them. The key is not to leave it on the Thanksgiving table. I mean, how perfect is that for us today in this series? And it's 100% true. It's what we've been getting at this entire series. The key to it all, the key really is making sure that we don't leave it at the kids' table. See, gratitude can make us happier if we actually practice it. And when I'm talking about happiness, I'm not 
just talking about that superficial good feeling that we get when we buy something new and shiny. Uh, I'm talking about real contentedness, real joy, the kind that doesn't waver in adversity. We see this kind of happiness talked about throughout Scripture. It's what King David had. Earlier on in this same psalm that we just read, Psalm 118, David is writing uh, all about how he will give God thanks, how he will praise God even when he is surrounded on all sides by enemies. He says, even in my deepest distress, I will thank the Lord. It's the same idea that Paul writes about in the letter to the Philippians. He starts out his letter by, by urging them uh, to give thanks in all things. He says, by prayer and supplication, give thanks to God. And then he says, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have a little. I know what it is to have plenty. But in any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Remember, Paul wrote to the Philippians from a jail cell. That's where he is when he's writing to them about thanksgiving. When he's writing to them about this contentedness that he's found. He's in, in a jail cell. Not being fed well. Thinking that these may be some of his last days. And still he says, you know what? I'm content. I'm thankful, in fact. Because I have Jesus. Give me Jesus. That song almost made me cry. It was so perfect. Give me Jesus. He says, whatever life throws at me, I, I can do it. I'll be okay. That's the kind of, of, of deep sense of happiness and joy and contentedness that we're talking about. That's the kind that can come when we really live into gratitude. When we take a step back and recognize that, you know what, everything we have ever had or everything we will ever have is already from God. Every skill, every dollar, every possession, it, it's, it's from him. And when we're grateful, when we trust him, we can have that contentedness. We can have that, that, that deep sense to say, you know what, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's the power of gratitude. Gratitude is not some innocuous virtue that we focus on once a year around this time. It can legitimately make us more content, happier, even healthier. One recent study from the University of California's San Diego School of Medicine found that people who were more grateful actually had better heart health. Uh, specifically, they had less uh, inflammation and, and healthier heart rhythms. And they showed better well-being, a less depressed mood, less fatigue. They slept better. What they, what they found out was that gratitude is the anti-stress. It has the opposite effect on the body as stress. Another study found that gratitude can boost your immune system. Stressed out law students who characterized themselves as optimistic actually had more disease-fighting cells in their bodies. And in another study... Uh, people who kept a gratitude journal had a reduced dietary fat intake as much as 25% lower. That's been selling me. <laughs> Stress hormones, like cortisol, were 23% lower in grateful people. 
And having a, a gratitude practice, a daily gratitude practice, could actually reduce the effects of aging on the brain. Now, of course, I am not saying that, that being grateful is some magic cure for illness. I'm not trying to suggest that. Uh, what I am trying to suggest is that we were designed to be grateful. God built us this way. It's good for our health. And not just our physical health, but our emotional and mental health and our spiritual health. It's like exercising or eating right. They're components, they're practices that can help promote a healthy, full life. God designed gratitude as a tool that can make us healthier. And again, not just our, our bodies or our minds, but, but it can make our relationships healthier too. That's what researchers at the University of Georgia found in a new study that they published in a journal called Personal Relationships. They interviewed 468 married couples, and they, they interviewed them about uh, their relationship satisfaction. And they covered all these different topics, things like communication and, and uh, finances and personal habits and all these different things. And you know what they found? I bet it's not going to surprise you. They found that the most consistent and significant predictor of a happy marriage was whether a couple expressed gratitude for one another. Look, I know I am throwing a lot of studies at you, but, but I, think, um, I think it's amazing that God has given us gratitude as a tool that can sincerely, scientifically improve our lives. That is an amazing gift that we should not take for granted. That is an amazing gift that we should be utilizing. I mean, gratitude was, was the most consistent and significant predictor of a happy marriage. That's amazing. Thankfulness greatly benefits our relationships. And that truth extends not only to our marriages, but to our friendships, to our work relationships, even to our relationship with God. See, gratitude makes us happier. It makes us healthier. But above all, it makes us holier. And here's what I mean by this. When we practice gratitude, when it becomes a regular part of our lives, we find ourselves closer to God. We find ourselves more connected to him, more aware of what he is doing in our lives, and more hopeful about the future. Gratitude is an expression of our love for God. It's something that reflects our faith. It is an important, crucial way that we practice our faith. And it can be a powerful witness for others about the goodness of God. Uh, I want to I tell you all a story that I may have told you before. I can't remember anymore. Uh, but it's one that's really meaningful to me. Uh, so if you've heard it before, I apologize. But uh, when my dad was my age, my grandmother, uh, Connie, got really sick. And she had advanced colon cancer, and she eventually passed away after just a few months. And even though my dad knew that, that his mom was in heaven, uh, he was grieving, of course. Well, uh, a couple of weeks after my grandmother's death, he was struggling to wrap his mind around the loss of his mother. And uh, he was at school. He was at SMU and seminary at the time. And one of his seminary buddies named John McKellar came up to him and handed him a big stack of papers. And it was a sermon. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a sermon that he had printed out, because uh, I guess they couldn't just text it to each other. 
Uh, so uh, he had printed out this, this sermon by Dr. Jim Moore. If you've been around White Chapel long enough, you've probably heard us talk about uh, uh, Jim Moore. You've at least heard John talk about him. He was a well-known and beloved United Methodist pastor and author, pastored a, a church, St. Luke's in Houston, for many, many years. Anyway, McKellar printed out this sermon, gave it to my dad, and it was all about Jim Moore's mother's death. Uh, she had passed away tragically in a car accident. Well, that sermon ended up being a big part of the healing process for my dad in his grief. So much so that he felt compelled to write Dr. Moore a letter telling him how impactful this sermon had been on him. And Dr. Moore got the letter, and he was so moved by the letter that he asked if he could put it in his next book. And it took me forever to find this book. It took me uh, almost a year. But I finally found it. I own a copy of it. It's called If All Else Fails, Read the Instructions. Uh, all of his books have really pithy, clever titles. Um, uh, again, I, I actually finally got this book, and I want to share a portion of the letter that my, my dad wrote to Dr. Jim Morse. This is what my dad wrote. Um, he said, the most devastating event of my life occurred in April of 1989. My mother had a pain in her side for a couple of weeks, but nothing could be found. Then the doctors took a CAT scan, and they discovered that her entire colon and liver were covered with cancer. In August of 1989, my mother died with the entire family gathered around the bed as she breathed her last. My mother was a beautiful person because of her deep faith in God and her commitment to her family. She never complained about her pain or about her life being cut short at the age of 49. She would say, I thank God for my family and my life. The morning after my mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer and until the day of her death, each morning, my father would say boldly, this is the day which the Lord has made. And courageously, my mother would respond, let us rejoice and be glad in it. When I first read that letter, uh, it made me cry. And it changed a lot for me to imagine my grandparents reciting this scripture every day for months as she battled cancer. Uh, it's something that has changed my whole understanding of gratitude. It has made me convicted that we cannot take this for granted. Because when we practice gratitude like that, when we live our gratitude like that, we become closer to God. And the veil between here and heaven, it gets just a little bit thinner. And we find ourselves just a little bit holier. And then when other people see that, or in my case, when I read that, it brought me closer to God. That's what our gratitude can do. It can show people God. It can bring others to God, which is why we have to live our lives this way. Waking up every morning and saying, you know what, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Y'all, please, we have got to practice gratitude. And it doesn't have to be difficult. We can do this in a variety of ways. We can start by just reciting those words, the words of our scripture for today. Or you can start a gratitude journal or a note in your phone where you just record uh, something that you're grateful for. Or I'll tell you all about something that I've been doing for the last uh, about six months. Right before I go to bed every single night, I count out five things I am grateful for from the day. Uh, and then I do the five-finger prayer, which I'm, that'll be in another sermon one day. But I do all ten fingers. 
Uh, but the first five fingers are five things I am grateful for from the day. It's what I do every single night before I go to sleep. I've been doing it for months. And I know it sounds kind of simple and silly, but I can tell you it has, it has made a huge difference in my life. Because now I find myself seeing the good stuff a little more. Honestly, a lot more. Because I've had days over the last six months that have been amazing. Days where everything just seems to be going my way. And I get to my bed and I put my hand under my pillow and I start counting off those five things and I get to six or seven or eight. And then I've had other days where nothing's going my way and everything is terrible. And I get, I get to bed and I put my hand under my pillow and I try to count five things and I struggle. But I, I don't give up. I try and find five things. Even some days it's been, you know what? My sandwich today wasn't awful. <laughs> I find something. And it's been hard, but that practice has transformed me. Look, there are all sorts of ways to express gratitude. Last year, some of y'all may remember this, uh, a lot of us at the church put out baskets with snacks and got us big enough bracelets and drinks uh, for delivery drivers. And uh, it was great. I, I think last year when I preached the Thanksgiving sermon, I showed y'all a clip from my ring doorbell, where a delivery driver came up to my door and he grabbed a Gatorade and he grabbed a guy's big enough bracelet and he looked in the camera and he was like, this is sick! <laughs> and, and, and I thought about that this week as I was writing this and I was like, I have to do that again. And so I'm going to do it this week uh, once I get a chance to put a basket out. So maybe it's that. Try that. Uh, or, or try sending a text message to someone who has been impactful in your life. Or if that's not your thing, give them a phone call. Or if you're really old school, write them a letter, whatever. It doesn't matter. There are a number of ways to practice our gratitude, to make it a, a, a daily thing. Pick one. Pick any one and do it. And don't wait. Do it this week. Practice it. Start it this week and then make it a habit. Because when you do, you might find that you're a little bit happier and a little bit healthier, and a little bit holier. Church, if we are honest, we have so much to be grateful for. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.